With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's one thing you absolutely cannot say anymore following this. Ben in the shotgun. Gets the snap, wants to throw it. Throws it for the touchdown to Tessie James! Would you believe that? The Steelers leapfrog back ahead with 28 seconds to go. Is it a touchdown or is it After not? After reviewing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's an incomplete pass. I told you. It'll be Pittsburgh's ball, second down and 10 at the 10-yard line. Oh, the game clock is correct and will start on the next snap. Steelers Radio Network on the call. We all know what happens next. On third down, Ben Roethlisberger eschewing Clocking the ball for a game-tying field yep. goal. Throws into triple coverage in the end zone on a fake spike play. How did that, that play end? And it ended with an interception by Harmon. That is right. Harmon with a pick. He grabs it with his calves. And, of course, the Patriots hold on to win. And now they're going to have home field and everything's wonderful. Here's what you can't say anymore. There's been a lot of talk about this. And, a lot of and crying about a it. A catch and what's a catch. And the one thing you can't say is I'm done with people saying, I don't know what a catch is. You can't say, I don't know what a catch is. Because when I saw that play last night, I knew right away they're going to go back, look at it, and say it's not a catch. Number one, because it's the Patriots. Because No, no, no. Be- Number hey, one, because hey, it, hey, hey, hey. it was the right thing to do. Number one, go back and look at that Brandon Cooks game-winning touchdown against the Texans earlier this year. He did not survive the ground, but that stayed a touchdown. 
But I knew that was a good catch. I knew it was about? not a good catch. Ball hit the ground. He did not survive the ground. Oh, by the way, that's a by, that's a great for a new movie. Survive the ground. Be a horror movie. Yeah, but we have to figure out how survive to make it more interesting. It's not the just ground. Fall through with a loaf of bread. No, 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 no. It's like it's like Jason or Michael is there with like these big knives, and you have to catch a football and and go to ground with it. And if you drop it, they kill you. And if you catch it and hold on, you survive. Worlds become quicksand. Survive the ground. Yeah, and there's all kinds. Of, sometimes it's the hard ground. Sometimes it's a beach. Sometimes it's water. You know, it's all a bunch of different that? things. That's yeah, crazy. that's what it is. Yeah. I like that. But can Morgan Freeman be the voice of the <laughs> ground? Hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. When I waited to envelop Jesse James as he fell towards to me, I knew that I'd be able to poke that ball out from between his arms, much like putting a baby down in its crib for a nap in the middle of the afternoon. And then when the ball popped out, I knew the replay official. Why Jaws? Why why Jaws? It just seems fitting. Because the ground was ready to eat him. You said water. We're eating W's. We're we're eating sharks. That's the one. That's a W. water. But you can't say I don't know what a catch is because I knew that's not a catch. And everybody knows now you have to go to the ground and survive. You can't put the ball out and place it on the ground. You can't do that anymore. You can't. Go down at all, have the ball move in your arms, and have the ball touch the ground at all. This is different from Derek Carr being a pylon hero. Jesse James makes a catch on the goal line in the final seconds of regulation. He doesn't he doesn't go fall under the category of pylon hero because he's got to try to get the ball over the goal line because you don't know what's going to happen. The next play, Ben Roethlisberger can throw in a triple coverage or throw an interception. So he's got to be able to try to make that play happen. But I knew it wasn't a catch. I knew it wasn't a catch because he goes down. You can't have the ball touch the ground. And so Nemo says, I don't know what a catch. No, you know now. And and you got to be telling your team you have to be able to make plays like this. You can't put the ball on the ground without risking the ball touching the ground. If Jesse James, what he should have done, to be quite honest, was catch the ball and you got to turn. You can't just put the ball over the goal line and hit the ground with it. You have to turn so the ball doesn't touch the ground. You can't have the ball touch the ground at all because it's going to move a little bit in your end, and the NFL is going to say, that's not a catch. You want to reach over the goal line and do it, it can't touch the ground. He should have turned his body and gone in holding the ball up in the air. Then it would have been a touchdown. But right there, I knew because I know what a catch is now. I could travel around to every team in the NFL and say, this is what a catch is. Don't do this. Don't try to reach for the pylon. Don't try to reach for the goal line and put the ball down. It's going to be called an incomplete pass. So don't tell me I don't know what a catch is because now we all know. I know it's pretty easy after last night. I know what a catch is. I know what a catch isn't. You didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. That is right. What we've heard for the last 24 hours is a lot of belly aching. You could argue about the rule. You could decide you don't like the rule. You cannot claim you don't understand it. Because we've seen this called a number of times over the course of this year. And the Cook's inconclusive. Inconclusive. Because his hand's still technically under the ball. No, the ball hits the ground. The no, but it's the ball hits the ground. But, but I've watched it forty-four times the while you were talking. Go back, 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 go back. Watch, watch, watch. Right, right. But his arm's still on it. But the ball hits the ground. The ball hits the ground. His arm is still on the ball, as opposed to Jesse James going through. And I mean, isn't that great? Ball hits the villain. Ball hits the ground. We should be the villain. He's supposed to be the villain. His name is Jesse James. And I predicted he would have a big impact on that game and after the Antonio Brown injury. Did because really we're talking about the Jesse James 
catch, no catch, and that's 24 hours. Forgetting uh, all the while, Antonio Brown has a torn calf and is missing time. <laughs> and obviously they have other weapons to deploy between Bryant and Eli Rogers getting creative with him and what Le'Veon Bell can do, but you lose Antonio Brown. But the catch, no catch fight continues. Interestingly, that game ends and you go right into uh, a Sterator, um officiated game. The first oh, time yeah. he'd been on a Cowboys game since the Des Bryant catch, no catch. The two worst rules the NFL has. Hey, here we are, you know, the pylon and, and what's a catch, not a catch. It's like it's, it's like the NFL's version of the day Skynet became fully aware of Terminator. Whoa. They all were in trouble now. now <laughs> both on the same day, this is awful. But it gives us a lot to talk about here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, don't say you don't know what a catch is. No one can say that because now you know. You know what I a catch is. I don't get it. <laughs> we'll get into the Derek Carr aspect of it. We got some big stuff to get to coming up in a minute. But first, here's what's trending with SD Special Delivery, Steve DeSager. <laughs> Good evening, guys. And by the way, that game from Pittsburgh, the highest rated of the NFL season. Indiana, they have not played a non-conference game at home in four years. They want to earn money with all of these pay dates, essentially. They've played at Syracuse, at Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, and so forth. Lost at TCU tonight. All games, November and December, all on the road. Oof, that's that's what you call a road trip. That is a road trip. Keep a program alive. Thanks, SD. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Now, you mentioned some stats in terms of television ratings. There was a report that... The Pittsburgh market went to a 6.4 local rating for Cowboys Raiders, its lowest Sunday night football in that market on record. <laughs> Since they started Sunday night football, people were so ticked off they went and watched uh, Christmas movies or something else. <laughs> and oh, by the way, speaking of Mike Davis, who uh, he just mentioned, uh, oh, by the way, tonight Indiana lost to Fort Wayne. How about that? Fort Wayne beat Indiana by 20. At Indiana, at Indiana, Fort Wayne. They're going, you know, Tom Crean wasn't so bad, was he? Well, they're not at least yet. right down the road. Hey, you know, I, I know I made fun of Tom Crean and not being ready for Syracuse in that Elite Eight game. You know, I mean, Tom Crean wasn't so bad. Hey, you know who else almost <laughs> lost by 20? The Knicks. <laughs> hey, yeah, but we didn't have Porzingis. See, no, this, but you played the Hornets. It's okay. See, this is now going all have, over the place. We have Porzingis. I thought you were going to make a Jr. Mike Davis joke about the fact that the Seahawks got clubbed by the Rams oh, yesterday. Hey, there is no team. Violently the, taking away a division. <laughs> there is no team in the NFL that talks more smack and then starts fights when things don't go their way faster and better than the Seahawks do. Yeah, that's something. Oh. In this season gone awry, and that's no, something. <laughs> nobody, nobody does. Listen, the Seahawks, th- watching them, they're like the Avengers when Bruce Banner says, we're not a team, we're a time bomb. That's the Seahawks. The Seahawks were great. They had a lot of alpha males, but they were winning, and so everything was fine. Slowly, the alpha males leave to go other places. The new alpha males come up. Now they're not winning, and look at them. They're good, but they're only sometimes good. And they stunk out loud yesterday. And now you got Bobby Wagner and Earl Watson yelling at each other for, uh, you know, hey, keep my name out of your mouth when you say I wasn't ready to play because Wagner was dinged up last night and he still tried. Earl Thomas, I said Earl Watson. Earl, That's okay. Earl Thomas, you know, keep my name out of your mouth because Earl Thomas said, oh, I don't know that Bobby was ready to play last night because he was injured. This is, this is off the rails 
for the Seattle Seahawks. And this era of the Seahawks now, look, as we said a couple, you're going to see the Seahawks. We said this a year and a half ago. Every year is going to be almost as good as the year before until they completely hit rock bottom. And that's where the Seahawks are. Well, you have a number of injuries in that secondary and Pete Carroll right now, all the good times stopped. Then you just look at the way this team has been set up. You were mentioning Mike Davis, uh, the basketball coach, but Mike Davis, the expectations that they'd have balance and be able to play and and at least compete with the Rams. And they went out and got obliterated on their home field, which has always been the best home field advantage in football. Not enough. Not enough. Russell Wilson, a one-man gang most of the season, but in the biggest spot they go and they get blown out. Since we're on a roll with the worst things going on with the NFL, the catch rule, which you can't say you don't know what a catch is. Can't say that anymore. After this play last night, there's a different take. The second biggest thing plaguing the NFL. Third and three from the eight. Derek in the shotgun. Looks left. Pumps. Gets pressured. Derek gets out to his right. Derek going to run. He's got the first down. He dives for the pylon. Where are they going to spot him? He's got the first down. He's got the first down. It's at least a first down. Where'd they spot him out? The two-yard line? Through the end zone and out of the end zone. The ruling on the field is a touchback. First down now. He fumbled the ball. Derek Carr fumbled the ball. He lost the ball diving for the pylon. The Raiders are going to lose the game. Greg Papa, Raiders Radio Network, on the call. The play last night following the paper first down for the Dallas Cowboys. I have zero sympathy for Derek Carr. Zero sympathy. He tries to run for the first down and then tries to put the ball over the pylon for a game-winning touchdown. You know what? He was stupid. He was just stupid. Everybody wants to be a pylon hero. Everybody, because it looks cool, because I can run for a touchdown and put the ball over the pylon and I can look cool. But you Jesse know what? James but, but, was but, different because Jesse James had to die for the goal line because it's less than 30 seconds to go and you may not get another play. When you have to dive for the pylon, when you have to dive, absolutely. But you know what? you got to be smarter. And Derek Carr was just dumb. You know what's going to happen if you die for the pylon and lose control of the football. It's going to be called a fumble. It's going through the end zone, and you're losing the ball. This particular play, there was plenty of time left in the game. Derek Carr scrambled for the first down. All he's got to do is go out of bounds. Go out of bounds at the one-yard line. You have first and goal and plenty of time to get three plays in. Hey, you know what you can do from the one-yard line? You got Marshawn Lynch sitting over there. You can just give it him and go, hey, <laughs> you can we're give gonna, it to him. We're going to write a wrong for you, Marshawn. You're going to get in. But Derek Carr was stupid. And you know what? You can't have a quarterback do stupid things like that because you're not going to win games. Not to be fair. To me, that's the most egregious thing. Because even yeah. though it's bad, I get the diva wide receivers that want to say, look at me. Hey, look at me. I'm going to put the ball over the goal. And I get the diva running backs that want to do it. But when you're a diva quarterback, and you decide, I'm going to try. And that was a stupid play. He lost control before. It was an, it was an easy call to make. Stop being pylon heroes. How NFL coaches, but I guarantee you Belichick has done it, but how come NFL coaches haven't sat down with all of their skilled players and said, listen, don't put the ball over the pylon. We're just going to lose it. All right? You may not like the rule. It may stink, but don't do it. We're going to lose the football. If you have to, if we're in a third and goal type situation or something Okay, but know the situation. And Derek Carr had just run for a first. Was, it was a first down. You heard Greg Pop. He's got the first down. I had the first down. Go out of bounds at the one-yard line. Go out of bounds at the one and three cracks from the one-yard line. And he decided, I want to be a hero and try to win the game. 
I said, you may not like it, but you know what's going to get called. And I can't believe it's not been drilled into people's minds. I would have wanted to throttle Derek Carr at the end of the game if I was Jack Del Rio. I want to say, you can't make plays like that. Your quarterback can't play stupid and make stupid plays. And that play was stupid. Now, to to his credit, he still went through his postgame and led the postgame prayer, then signed some autographs. He owned... He owned what he did, so he wasn't looking for anybody to feel sorry for him. But here you go from Michael Lombardi, M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter, uh, on his GM Street podcast. Play, Patriots players are forbidden from extending at the pylon or while falling across goal line in process of a catch. Belichick has made it clear they'll be benched. Of course. They know. They, they know. They know. But everybody else is like, nope, I'm still, I'm still going to be undisciplined, and I'm going to do it. We asked him at Derek Carr talking about that final play. I try not to lose at anything. And so I had had opportunity to try and win the football game. And I was just trying to beat 38 to the to the sideline, to the corner. As soon as I stuck the ball out and he pushed, it just slipped out of my out of my glove. I tried to hold on to it. Wasn't like I didn't try. But obviously there's a lot of different things. Throw it, throw it away, kick the field goal, run out of bounds, you know. Okay, cool, we go to overtime. But in that moment, I was just trying to win. Yeah, I get it, but you had three more plays to win. If it was a if it was a do or die play, like I say, I get it, but you gotta you gotta be better than that, man. I mean, real, you gotta be. It's not like it's brand new. It's not like it's the tuck rule, and you go, I've never seen that before. Here's a rule that benefits the Patriots. Okay, fine. No, this is you've known this. You've known this. It's the biggest problem the NFL has on the field. Players, you know, we lose possession. It plays at the goal line. You had two teams at the goal line with a chance to tie the game, send it to overtime, and they made dumb plays and couldn't win the game because of it. I No sympathy for the Raiders. You deserve to lose that game. Your quarterback, you're paying that much money to him, and he makes a play like that? That's just stupid. I still want to know where in the rule book it allows you to take a, a double-folded card and put it between the first down marker now, or try to. A, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I know it's a different that's conversation. That's a different but, conversation. But again, much bigger out of this. I, I like the term pylon hero. You should trademark that. I, pylon heroes and, is pretty good. I like that. I mean, that could be a good cover band. Yeah. Ahead. Opening opening up for Survive the Ground are the pylon <laughs> heroes. One, two, three, four. Wait, is this like a Pixar short? Uh, yes. You know, it, like before yeah. a new film? Yeah, 22 minutes of the Olaf movie. Which they now have put on television for you. Now, which is bigger, the Kobe halftime celebration or the John Gruden? Uh, Kobe will be bigger. I guarantee you Kobe will be bigger. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Falcons win. Joining us now on the hotline for more NFL on Fox Insider Extraordinaire. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Glazer. And Jay, first things first, I got to think we've seen the end of Aaron Rodgers this year. I, I can't see him playing this week and next week after being eliminated. Yeah, I would agree with that also. I think it just makes sense for him not to play. And, you know, we got to protect him. And, you know, the, the look, the doctor who did, a, who did the surgery on him did an incredibly good job that he can get back this quickly. So that there was no threat of that area of the collarbone breaking again because there's been so much trauma to that area. Anytime you have a break, anytime you have surgery, the entire, the rest of the collarbone obviously is going to be more at risk. So, it, you know, at this point, doesn't make a lot, an awful lot of sense. Let the entire area just strengthen uh, and get them ready for next year. I don't know that we've seen a, a Sunday end with two crazier finishes when we go to New England, Pittsburgh, and then Oakland. 
uh, with Dallas and, and Gene Steratore now has become an innovator with the note card solution. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know that that was an option in the playbook there, Jay. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. That was ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, where where is this say that in the rule book? I mean, you know, that's, look, that's what the frustration is right now. Is that there's no consistency and look, I actually I put something out on Fox yesterday that there's been so much frustration with the officials, and maybe it's just the day and age we live in that you know people are more apt to kind of uh, act out their frustration. So the league has been nervous of physically people going after officials. That means players. That means coaches. They gave a, they gave a stern warning at the owners' meeting uh, this past week to every executive saying, "Go back and tell your coaches and players, like, hey, do anything that we're, we're getting nervous about this. We will come down hard and swift in a game or, or whatever we have to do because there's been a couple plays this year where officials have been hurt." And while you can't prove intent, there's one play in particular by a uh, Cleveland player where it was away from the play and he was running towards somewhere. And yeah, the official was in the way, but there was nobody else near them and certainly could have run around. And again, you can't, I'm not saying anything, I'm not saying intent, but it, you know, plays like that are getting the, the league a little bit nervous because, yeah, they're, they're, you know what? When Dean Blandino left the uh, the officiating department, that department went downhill fast. I don't think the league really understood and really grasped the importance to have a guy like Dean in there who could you know help people make the right calls, but also then properly communicate it to us afterwards. The one thing we hate to, to be here as a society is act like have somebody else treat us like we're a fool and just try and convince us that you know, they what we're seeing isn't what we're seeing. Hey, Jay, obviously the Jerry Richardson story is a very big deal. Tina Becker was named the chief operating officer of the Panthers on Monday. Uh, Jerry Richardson now out of the day-to-day management of the organization in lieu of being under investigation by the NFL for allegations of workplace misconduct. He says he's going to sell the team is that going to be it? Or could we just, the NFL just say, okay, if he's going to sell the team, we'll just let Tina run things. He sells the team in the offseason and we just move on? What do you mean? No, no, whoever's going to buy the team, that's who's going to run the team. No, no, I mean, like, are they going to move on from any anything, any kind of discipline against Jerry Richardson or anything like that? Are we going to they're, really they're see still, something? They're still conducting a, um, you know, a investi- an investigation, but you're right, if he doesn't build the team, it's not like they can punish the guy. So I'm look. I, I think the whole thing is just taking taking everybody quickly. Um, when you talk to people on Saturday, I talked to them Saturday afternoon. They had no idea that you know anything was going to happen. Didn't even know really the um, what areas the the allegations were in. And then all of a sudden, a day later, Pammy's they announced he's selling the team. And then he goes and talks to his players and. Day after that, he says, I'm just going to give up day-to-day operations. So everything is just taking everybody really quickly. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jay Glazer. That's at Jay Glazer, NFL Insider for Fox Sports. The website, vetsandplayers.org. Vetsandplayers.org. Jay also the founder, of course, of MVP, Merging Vets and Players and Touchdown Dreams. Doing some great stuff this holiday season. Check out everything Thank going you. on on Twitter. Jay, you got it, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Jay. Bro. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Everybody, I vividly remember, what's Kobe going to do when he retires? 
right? What's Kobe going to do? Basketball is not going to welcome Kobe. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't have a lot of people that are going to look out. He's going to be a GM of a team. Maybe is he going to buy a team? And everybody who said that just didn't know Kobe Bryant. All right, Kobe, his relationship with the Lakers has always been at arm's length. You had Eagle Colorado. You had the petulance of his early career when he rubbed everybody the wrong way, whether it was something he said about being captain, waving off Carl Malone in the All-Star game so he can go one-on-one with Michael Jordan. He was never given the hug he wanted. He wanted to be Michael Jordan, and he wasn't. Then Eagle Colorado shows up, and then that court case goes and winds up getting dismissed, and Kobe's got to reinvent his legacy. He's mad at Jerry Buss because Jerry Buss wouldn't trade for anybody to bring anybody in to help him for those couple of years. Finally, Jerry West is able to make a big trade, you know, while while he's working for the Grizzlies and get Kobe the help he needs to win a title. Yeah, uh, you know. But they never got any big free agents to come in. Nobody was ever able to come in and help Kobe, and he has always had that. He's always had that I know that you didn't love me as much as you should have. So while he's all smiles right now, that's the real reason behind Kobe's reputation and why it's not, oh my goodness, Kobe is not going to try to play in the NBA. You know, this is a league that he thought should love him more than they did. They thought he thinks I should have been LeBron. This is how they should they should have enveloped me. And they didn't. Well, number one, because of Eagle Colorado, because when you get accused of sexual assault, they, I'm sorry, but you're never going to get that hug again. He was too much of a headstrong player when he was young. He didn't come in with any kind of humbleness. He wanted to be a superstar right away. Everybody loved Shaquille O'Neal because he was fun and goofy. So, of course, Kobe was going to be the villain. So to think that now after this, he's going to stay in basketball? after all, This is all part of his lifelong career has been these things that I've told you about. All right? He's not going to stay in basketball. He's going to be a guy that once in a while will come down from his cloud and touch the game of basketball and say, yes, I will grace you with my presence. Once in a great while, you'll feel hear stories about him working out with Lonzo, helping the Lakers a little bit, coming for his jersey retirement ceremony. Once in a great while. Because what is he on to now? He's ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. He's become a venture capitalist. He... They, you know, they just played a short film at halftime. I mean, that, that might get nominated for stuff, whether it's you know an Oscar awards or a Golden Raspberry Award. I mean, the, these these are things that Kobe Bryant wants to do. He wants to make an obscene amount of money and run an obscenely successful company and make his next act bigger than basketball. He's not a guy that's going to go and sweat around a gym or or show up in a shirt and tie and like Larry Bird and and Michael Jordan and ruin his legacy. No. He's only going to come back for basketball when he can be seen as, hey, you're doing us a favor coming back. No, the only and way he'd come back is if he's in an ownership role. That that'd be the only I even, No, that's not even No, no, he's not going to come and just be an owner. He would never No, he's not in in theory, would that sound like okay, you're going to be an owner? But he doesn't want to do that's still him being on par with Mark Cuban and other guys, and I'm still at the beck and call of the NBA and guys can take shots at me. Uh-uh. Well, he but, is not but there's still the spot involved. here because he's in that interesting part in the timeline, right? Of not matching Jordan on the court, 
but you could still beat him in the ownership game. And with the venture capital efforts, what, Bryant Steibel, I believe, is the, the name of the comp- company, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. So $100 million in funding and, and all of the launches since 2013. But you can get ahead of the game in terms of where LeBron James is trajecting, right? He's in that interesting crossroads between those two guys, business ventures and trying to solidify, you know, that global presence and maintaining it while maybe getting away from the game itself. But here we are two years later doing this. The Warriors came out of the locker room to hear his four-minute speech appropriately ending with Mamba out. Mm -hmm. I I love the list of luminaries that were here in terms of former Lakers teammates. I mean, we'll get a full list on that because there's some, you know, Medvedenko uh, amongst others uh, that found their way to courtside. But it's, it's an interesting spot for him going forward. The, the entertainment side that we know is, is fueled a, a lot of basketball players and certainly football players where they, they can slide in, right? Rob, Rob, Gronkowski has a crash leads show and Cam Newton showing up at kids awards as a host and everything, you know, there's always trying to be the brand extension and obviously from away from the court or the football field or wherever else that is. But for Kobe Bryant, it, it appears that it's a much larger playing field with a lot of commas. That's and honestly, that's what anybody who has the drive to be successful wants to do. They want to be as successful or more successful the next thing that they do. I always make in my career, I want the next thing to be a bigger deal than what I just did for whatever reason because I want to feel like I'm going forward. And think of guys who retire the NBA and they wind up, oh, hey, I can talk, so I'll be on television a little bit. And that's great for them because, hey, this is what I, you know, I, I can do this. Kobe says, no, 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 I want to be seen as doing something even bigger because that's the mentality he always had on the basketball Well, but that's what he had for 19 years. Right. And when I say he's descending from his cloud, I don't mean his elite. I mean he wants to to win the breakup. He broke up with the NBA, and now you know what? NBA, you are the smallest planet. I'm the sun, and the NBA is Uranus. Like. Nicely done. Or Neptune. I just threw out. You know they that call it Uranus away. in in I, schools now. I, I would say okay. they've changed the uh, how you pronounce it. <laughs> okay. They they, uh, didn't, they didn't want to have all those giggles. But Pluto's a dwarf planet. So Pluto's not a planet anymore. It's a dwarf planet. No, it doesn't count. No, it's a dwarf. But, planet. But it's not on the list anymore. But it's a dwarf planet. But when you go to build the solar system, they say do not include. But Pluto. it's technically. But that's no. What I know call what it. it's, it's called. I'm not but, saying something but, wrong. But no, but you're putting it in. And I'm saying you named a bunch of planets and you put it in. Many people know what Pluto is, so I wanted to say, and it's I wanted to say dog. what it was. No, Goofy yes. may or may not be a dog. I wanted yeah, to might say be what a horse. It was correctly, and he's, a horse not, he's not a horse. But Pluto don't is play a dog. It. Don't play it. But Kobe wants to. That's how he views the NBA. I'm now doing something that's better than this. I'm not sweating anymore. You guys can sweat, and if you're lucky, once in a while, I'll show up and help you out a little bit. That's Kobe. This is a very short speech. Kobe could have talked for 20, 30 minutes like many guys would have done. You know, he doesn't want to do what Shaq does showing up on TNT. Well, eventually they got to get back to the everything. game. This but, already went on forever between Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson and, and, you and everybody's 
staggering out onto the court and yeah, the photo op. Ho- hogged yeah. the mic for like 27 minutes. Well, yeah, he had to talk all about Lonzo and, and Lithuania and a no, lot No, he of didn't things. mention him once, Jason. But, Welcome to Lithuania. <laughs> now, if that guy had come out. Welcome to Lithuania. That guy should have been the, the MC. Beautiful basketball. But the other thing is, look at Kobe. Did he look like he could still play? Was he in great shape tonight? Does Shaq look like he's 400 pounds? Hey, here's hey, Kobe hey, winning how, the breakup. How dare you disrespect Shaq? He showed up. Saying, he wore a jaunty hat. I'm just saying, Kobe showed up. You and would to think, be fair, Shaq didn't look like he should have been playing the last six years of his career. <laughs> two years away from the NBA, you think, okay, maybe. No, Kobe showed up looking like I could still go out there and play. Still gets up because and works I, out at 4 a.m. every day. I am going to win the breakup, and I'm going to have a great life after I'm done with you. That's Kobe Bryant. Hanging out with Bill Russell. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You know, look, a, a very professional, non-emotional. only time Kobe really got emotional was when he was talking about Vanessa and his family. A speech you expected from Kobe Bryant. Look, we I thought he was about, just talking about how, how tired he was. I thought he was going to go Mickey. Women, weak, just, and legs. Just, I had no legs yet. Just exhausted. Uh, <laughs> but we, we got into the first part of Kobe Bryant and why you're, you're rarely going to see him in a basketball setting because he wants to move on and be seen as doing things greater than being involved in the NBA. But why is Kobe's reputation as acceptable as it is? That's a big question. That's where I'm going to get deep on here for a couple minutes. Because Kobe came up, and remember, he was right out of high school. He wanted everything now. He was a me generation guy. As I said, he upset a lot of his Lakers teammates right away. He wanted to be the captain. First All-Star game he gets voted into. He waves off Carmelo to take the ball one-on-one with Michael Jordan. From that moment right there, it was, I don't know about Kobe. When the Lakers started playing well and winning, it was Shaq and Kobe. And they didn't like each other. And Shaq was very likable, so Kobe became the guy who wasn't likable. And then Eagle Colorado happens, and he's accused of sexual assault. And that case damages his reputation. He winds up getting cleared, comes back to the NBA, and the Lakers stink. And they can't play well. He almost leaves and goes to the Clippers. The Lakers won't bring him in any help. And then... Finally, they make the Pau Gasol trade, and the Lakers take off. They go to three finals. They win two of them. And Kobe's legacy, and the Mercer legacy, is secure. And Kobe's legacy is secure as one of the top five or six best players in the history of the NBA, winning the championships that he did, winning five. And you wonder, what changed for Kobe Bryant? Why, why was Kobe acceptable? Because normally a career like that, you, you know, you're not as accepted. But here's why. It's not that Kobe changed. It's the NBA changed. All right? The superstars of the 90s were Michael Jordan, David Robinson, Grant Hill, Shaquille O'Neal, all guys who carried themselves and enjoyed a great reputation. Now, certainly after his playing career, Jordan's reputation got, okay, Jordan's a little bit more of the wild guy we thought he was, but he was very wholesome. He was doing McDonald's commercials. The image of the stars of the NBA of the 90s was a more wholesome image. So Kobe shows up the end of the 90s, and it's who is this petulant kid? So it's easy to push Kobe Bryant down because we had all of these guys. Now all these guys retire, right? And who comes up in, in 2000s? We have Tim Duncan, who doesn't say a word for 20 years, so he's impossible to, to promote. But it's Allen Iverson who had a star-crossed legacy. 
who was in trouble on and off the court, was bankrupt, was not bankrupt, left the NBA, came back to the NBA. You had LeBron James, who came in in 2003 and was polarizing right away. He's been polarizing for almost 15 years. These are the next generation of NBA stars, and they are not as wholly embraced as the stars of the 90s were because they were different people. They were much more individualistic. They We lived our lives with more and more under a microscope. Then, look, if, if we had social media now and Michael Jordan was playing, his reputation would be different, but it didn't exist back then. So now when you compare Kobe Bryant to the stars of the NBA of the 2000s, Kobe, his image, his behavior, his reputation stacks up favorably because, well, these are kind of the players that – we see. So it's not that Kobe changed. It's the image of the players who were the big superstars have gotten less wholesome as we've known more about them. That's true in any sport, really. But Kobe's the first once-in-a-generation type player to hang it up in a few years, so why do we look at it this way? That's why. Kobe's always been the same guy, but his petulance is he would yell at his teammates, scream at them. Look, he doesn't have many friends in basketball. But it's more acceptable because when you stack him up next to the other players that we've talked about in the two thousands and now, okay, it's a little bit it's a little bit more okay. I, I don't I don't need to hate Kobe as much because it's not like oh I hate Kobe because I love everything that Shaq does or I love everything that Jordan does or David Robinson or any of these guys. That's what changed. The NBA changed. Kobe didn't change. Well, but as you also push forward the Mamba mentality that everybody kept citing today, Magic reiterating is the greatest ever wear the purple and gold. Again, I need that screenshot of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and what With his facial expression up, yeah. does you know, when that happens. <laughs> but the idea just being that you, you embraced the way Kobe Bryant carried himself on the court. We've talked about it on this show a lot, of why I, I love the way Russell Westbrook plays, that for 48 minutes he wants to kill you on the court. And it became acceptable because there wasn't a ton in the off-court, you know, Eagle Colorado always sits there, obviously. But in terms of Kobe going after media members, whatever, he was always good on the microphone, always did his his interviews and whatever else. In backstories with local media, there's always going to be those and, and how the, the team and, and personnel protect. But for Kobe, as soon as you have five titles, a lot of that goes out, out the window in terms of how you're viewed because the ends justify the means, right? For a lot of these other guys, as you're citing them, it's like they had some success, but they weren't piling up titles necessarily either. So for, for Kobe, you also get a little bit more latitude when you're putting on as much hardware. With Kobe Bryant's jersey getting retired, there's, look, there's, you could say there's so many moments from Kobe's career, but you think of what stands out. You think, oh, I remember this, I remember this. You're like, wow, the guy had a lot. <laughs> he, had, he had this game, he had this game winning shot, he had all this. But there's two things I'll remember, and, and maybe one is the sense of immediacy because I was here with you the last, not I was here with you, but Kobe's last game when he scored 60 points and the world was on fire. And I remember vividly looking down right after he scored 60. And you see on Twitter every night what's trending and how many people are tweeting about it. And you see like Matt Ryan, like right now, 20,000 people have been tweeting about Matt Ryan in the last few minutes as to how they measure what the top trending topics are. And sometimes you get, you know, 20,000 is a lot, sometimes 10,000 a lot, sometimes you get up to 70,000, 300,000 if something's a really big deal, 500,000. I remember looking down and seeing 2 million, 2 million people 
were tweeting about Kobe Bryant when it was at the end of that game with 60 points. I don't remember even seeing that for Super Bowls as far as social media goes. Not that that's how many people were watching it, because obviously they weren't, but you see 2 million people are tweeting about 2 million. I mean, there's there's certain things that happen. I mean, the election, I don't think, had 2 million tweets. <laughs> people tweeting about it after it was no, over. No, I, I, I think it did. <laughs> I think it did. I, I think they had to uh, filter some of those results. But yes, certainly more than 2 million uh, on that night as we were also together in these Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But just remember how that night started, how terribly he shot early oh, in like that game. Oh, like 0 for 6. I'm like, so, oh, my God. So Twitter was abuzz with how many Kobe shooting 900 times jokes can we get in? You know, that his elbow was going to fly into the third deck as a souvenir on that final night. And then it all started to turn as he started to hit shots. And, and we had our guys jumping up and down the hallway here. It's like, get back and edit that last shot. Stop going down the hallway. You know, we just had all sorts of excitement, obviously, as we're located here in Southern California. A lot of SoCal natives and Laker fans here. So certainly it, it became a, a very uh, electrified kind of atmosphere for us sitting here as it went and participating in the social media experiment that was and the trending world. But yeah, Kobe Bryant gave us that, that about almost two years ago already. Hard to believe how quickly uh, the time does fly. The other moment I'll, I'll remember is, is always, and it's really a story about Stu Scott, the late Stu Scott at, at ESPN. When I was doing all night back at ESPN, I was on the air the Sunday night that Kobe scored 81 points. And people don't remember this, but Kobe scored 81 the same night as the AFC and NFC championship games in the NFL. You had the Steelers win to move to the Super Bowl and the Seahawks win. To go to the Super Bowl. So you had the two, the biggest stories in sports. The Steelers winning, the Seahawks winning, and then, oh, by the way, Kobe goes for 81 against the Raptors, and, you know, Sam Mitchell should have been at the retirement ceremony because, hey, I just wanted to keep single covering you, Kobe. And that night, I remember, it was a big debate what the biggest story was. And I, there was a big faction of people at ESPN that was like, it's still football, it's still the biggest. I said, this is 81 bleeping points. I know it's bad, but this is, eight, and it just happened. I mean, everybody's known for hours because I'm coming on, you know, late at night. And I'm like, this is uh, this is the biggest story. So we actually went on the air and I actually did it as a topic. And I said, you, you wouldn't believe what we people are talking about being the biggest story. Is it the AFC and NFC title games or is it Kobe's 81? And I'm having this conversation and I'm going, boy, and I'm going, I don't know if this is going to, you know, how this is going to come, you know, how this is going to, you know, play out here, but I feel it's a legit conversation. And so then... My producer gets in my ear and tells me, Jason, Stu Scott's on the phone. He wants to come on the air and talk to you. And I go, oh, boy. Okay. Making friends. I had known Stu when I was in production at ESPN back in the early 90s. I was there for three years, and I worked with Stu on a lot of different things. But I hadn't seen Stu in probably like six or seven years. And I'm going, oh, my God, why is Stu Scott calling me on the air? Oh, boy. So I get on the phone, and I go, hey, and joining us now is SportsCenter anchor Stu Scott. Stu, what's up? He goes, hey, what's up, Jason? I go, hey. And he starts saying, I can't believe it. I turn on the radio. I'm listening to you. And we were having the exact same debate in our newsroom about what you know what we should lead with. And we start having a conversation about it. And it goes, he comes on. It was great radio for about five or seven minutes. Great stuff. You know, Stu was like, that was awesome. So I after, you know, Stu hung up and I, you know, I finished talking. We went to a commercial and everything. And I'm thinking, boy, that was great. I wonder if he remembers me. 
like that I worked with him, like I'm the Jason Smith that worked with me. Oh, probably not. It's been a long time. And so I get on the, um, so my producer, Vince Cates, gets in my ear and I said, hey, that was really cool as Stu. And he goes, and I said, and I said to Vince before he could say anything, I said, you know, that was something I, I wonder if he remembers me that I was, uh, uh, that I was, you know, worked with him in production. And he goes, yeah, he did. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, tell Jason I had to call in and take care of his, a fellow ESPN2 guy. And I was like, that was really really cool he didn't have to do it but he heard it came on and talked about it and i thought that was really awesome fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.